0: Very good morning to you all. Uh, it's lovely to see you all here this morning. Uh, before before we go any further, I'd like us to start uh, with a prayer together. If that's okay, if you just you can remain seated. Great Father in heaven, Lord, we we come before you and we ask for your blessing on our service. We ask for your presence, that you're close by to us, Lord. Lord, there are so many people here today, and we all come in different states of minds, and Lord, I pray you will give to us whatever we need this morning, whether it's to humble us or to lift us up, whether it's to comfort us or to challenge us, Lord, I pray that you will give us what we need. And I pray that you will be pleased with the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts, and we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Shall we begin by standing and singing our first hymn together from Praise the Lord, number 170. A hymn of, hymn of praise to our, to our great God of glory. Your word is mighty, it says, releasing captives. Your love is gracious. You are my God. Shall we stand and sing this together? Would you like to take a seat, please? Our service this morning, we're going to follow um, the three psalms from the daily readings and we're going to have them throughout the service uh, and we're going to have a share a few thoughts just as we go uh, through the service. Our first psalm is Psalm 24 and it's it's about our God of glory we've just been singing about, reigning in majesty, owner of the world and everything in it. But we have not come... Today, to gaze from afar at a majestic, awesome God who is unapproachable. God wants us to come and stand close by, stand in the holy place, in his holy place, on his holy hill. So Richard Gaston is going to come and read this psalm uh, for us, Psalm 24. Psalm 24
1: The earth is the Lord's and everything in it the world, and all who live in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. He will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God his Saviour. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O you gates, be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates, lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty, he is the King of glory.
0: So who, who may ascend the hill of the Lord, coming into the Lord's own special holy place? It's not who may, and when you get to this special holy place, it's not who may bow down terrified before him. It's who may stand in his holy place. But it's a challenge, isn't it? It's a challenge to us, to anyone like us who wants to come to meet God, to come to be in God's special place, to be close to him. But the criteria is not how often you attend church. It's not as easy as that. It's not as predetermined as how clever or talented you are. It's not as short-lived as that you've had to undergo some, undertake some great pilgrimage or undergo some uh, incredible punishment that you have to bear up under. It's about having clean hands. You know, if we don't pay attention in our lives, they can get messy. Well, it's certainly true for me. I I think you might agree it's true for you. We end up playing with things uh, that can damage and hurt ourselves and other people. And when I I read the phrase clean hands, in my mind I pictured uh, like a sit a small child down in the vicinity of some mud uh, and can't resist the temptation. Dirty hands and mud everywhere. And I thought about that a little bit. I thought, oh, that's a nice picture. And then I thought, well, maybe sometimes if it's a very small child, it might not know that it's a bad thing to play with mud. And I sort of reflected that for myself. I quite often know that what I'm playing with is not good. when we dirty our hands we, we often, more often than not we know what we're getting ourselves into if you want to come close to God it's about having a pure heart it's not just about what you end up doing in the final act it's, about, it's not just about the opportunities you have or the things other people caught you at God is interested inside in what's inside, in your motivation. What's going on in your heart. Those unhelpful thoughts that you and I allow to blossom in our minds that shouldn't be there. And it's about not lifting up our hands to an idol, we read. In other words, if we want to come close to God, we can't invest our hearts in something that is mere fantasy. We can't build the foundations of our lives on something that is worthless if we want to come close to God. And not swearing by anything, by what is false, or some translations as some translations put it, swearing deceitfully. It's just plain, simple, everyday integrity. That's what God's looking for these are the basic everyday qualities that God wants to see in us in our lives but you shouldn't get the picture that God is on his holy hill setting the difficult challenging criteria that we can never reach so that we can never get close to him that is not God's intention God is anxious as we read uh, in verse 5 he wants. To, he is going to bless and vindicate you, to acquit you. And God is at work in us. I think it's quite interesting that uh, the psalmist uses the phrase to describe God as our saviour. He's not the judge. God doesn't see himself as the judge when he's working with us. His role is to be our saviour. So how do we get there? How do we Start on this road so that at the end of the journey, we find ourselves standing in his presence. We follow the example of the holy man of old in the Bible. We seek God. As it says, uh, he will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God his Saviour. Such is the generation of those who seek him. Who seek your face, O God of Jacob. And as Jesus Himself said, seek and you will find. So we thought that God owns everything. He owns us. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. He wants to bless us. He wants to come close to us and us to come close to him if we acknowledge him and seek him. Um, So can we sing our next we'd like to stand and we'll sing our next hymn together, which is from Praise the Lord. Number 46. <laughs> Seeking God and coming before him, bowing our knee before his throne, acknowledging that he owns the world and everything in it, and that includes us. When, when we read Psalm 24 before, what, what did you think about um, the last few verses when it talks about lifting, um, opening the gates and the gates lifting up their heads uh, what, what did you think that um, that was talking about? I think I, I wasn't quite sure to be honest I wasn't quite sure, I thought maybe it was to do with something like the ancient gates or ancient doors must be something to do with like, the ancient city of Jerusalem and God longed to be at the centre of Jerusalem for such a long time and he remained shut out maybe I thought that's what it was talking about I thought uh, It's a strange thing that gates have heads. That was a strange thing that gates lift up their heads. You you could. That's interesting. I never thought of that. I also thought of uh, a phrase that Jesus said: "Behold, I stand at the door and knock." And regardless of what, I don't know what this passage is actually intended to be talking about, but um, it made me think about uh, the most ancient doors that God is locked out of, that he longs to be let into, and that's the, the door of our lives and our hearts. And I thought, it's good as we're coming together to remember what God has done for us this morning, that it's a good time for us to reflect, isn't it, and to think about the times when we shut God out of all the different parts of our lives that He longs to be a part of. The times when, um, when we know we've ignored God's voice, we know what God wants us to do and we've ignored it and gone our own way and pretend we didn't really know what God wanted us to do. About the times when we've taken the easy way out. About the times when the integrity of our everyday lives would displease God displease our heavenly father because it's not what he wants from us and we know that I don't know what you felt when I said those quite, we talked about the quite challenging words that um, having clean hands and a pure heart uh, I think sometimes when we, we know that those things are not always true of us or maybe lots of the, most of the time they're not always true for us and it causes us to turn our face to drop our gaze from God Because we know it displeases him. As we approach him this morning, our saviour, not our judge. Let's put the key in the lock to that ancient door and turn it. Let's slide the bolts across. Let's open the door to the King of Glory. And when you've done that, finally, don't forget to invite him in. We have an opportunity, don't we, when we come every week here to focus on God, to examine our lives, to think deeply about the state of our lives and how much God is part of our lives, to challenge ourselves and to try and bring God closer into our lives, to focus on God and to come and stand in his holy presence and to be changed to have the locks and the chains that drag us down, that we tie ourselves up with, to have them fall away as we come and worship. So would you like to stand now, please, and we'll sing our next hymn, uh, When I Look Into Your Holiness. Um, in, in a short while, Rosie's going to read for us uh, our next reading, which is Psalm 23. It is probably one of the most um, famous passages in the Bible, isn't it? Psalm 23. Uh, It's it's a psalm of thankfulness. Thankfulness um, for the quality of life that's available to to someone who seeks God, to a God seeker. It's a beautiful psalm. Uh, It's full of very rich, uh, compelling pictures And I think the the timeless endurance of this psalm uh, comes from more than just the literary quality uh, of of its pictures and its imagery. This psalm is not some um, shallow two-dimensional human fantasy uh, that fades into some unbelievable dream when life's knocks come the vision that the psalmist paints for us, the pictures that he paints for us, escort us through the the full breadth of experiences and emotions that any human being is likely to experience. From peace and contentment, uh, rest and quietness, all the way through to fear and the darkness of death itself and the daily threat of evil. And this journey, this, this journey that the psalmist takes us through um, is a journey that's accompanied by God's presence and also by the tools, the tools that God gives us for the journey, his rod and his staff it's not some pink and fluffy effortlessness and uncomplicated happiness that will follow us all the days of our lives the life of of a God seeker um, is going to be as hard and as complex uh, as any other life at least But on that sometimes hard journey, what is it, what is it that follows us all the days of our lives? It's God's goodness and God's love there every minute of every hour, all the days of our lives. So shall we read this psalm of thankfulness together now, please, Rosie?
2: Psalm 23 The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love. Will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Forever.
0: Thanks Rosie. So it's a psalm of thankfulness. It's not just a psalm of thankfulness. It's a psalm of intent. And of ambition and intent. Intent that God is now our shepherd. And that he will continue to be our shepherd going forward. Intent that when he leads, we're going to follow. Wherever he may take us. Intent that when evil comes, we will trust God we will look to him for our comfort intent that God will be enough for us that he alone will be the reason we will not fear evil intent that we will never ever leave his house this is a psalm of of a God seeker someone who seeks God a psalm that aspiring God-seekers like me and you uh, can read and say Amen to. What do you think Jesus thought about this psalm? Jesus, of course, being the ultimate God-seeker there ever was. In verse 1, God, God was Jesus' uh, shepherd. Jesus was was never in want; he was always content, content just to follow God wherever that may lead him. And you can see you can see it very clearly in so many aspects of Jesus' life. For example, Jesus not wanting any worldly wealth at all, not even the security of a roof over his head, just being content, just as long as he was doing what God's will was. God was enough. Jesus didn't want anything else. And in verse 3, I have no doubt that God restored Jesus' soul. That that's what Jesus knew to be true every day of his life. And when you look at Jesus, you can see what it means to have your soul restored and fueled, if you like, with pure.